saying that I've often quoted over the years is this, Christian education doesn't cost, it pays. I believe that. Oh yeah, you got to write a check every month and so forth to keep the tuition payments going. But the payment that comes at the end with kids who know the word of God, understand how to live the word of God, and hopefully as they mature into adults, become ambassadors of the word of God. That's why I've always been a big proponent of Christian education. My name is Dan. I am one of the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in suburban Charlotte, North Carolina. I am with Melissa Gibbs and Nicole Bryan today. And we are talking Christian education. If you were in our last episode or listened to our last episode, you know that they are founding a Christian school in Huntersville in the Lake Norman region that will serve as students from North Charlotte to West Cabarrus to the Lake Norman area. And it's going to be a high school starting in grades 9, 10. And did I hear a rumor that you're going to go ahead with grade 11 or you're just thinking we about are. it? We are. Due to popular demand. Due to We've popular had a demand. lot of people just say, why not 11th grade? So there you go. <laughs> Breaking news. Ambassador Christian starts with grades 9 through 11. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, just their own story of how how these two leaders have have been impressed by the world around them, the needs they see, and the Holy Spirit to do something which is courageously outrageous, uh, something that is risky, uh, to literally raise millions of dollars and buy a campus and make commitments and assemble a team. And they're doing it because they care about the generation to come. So, Melissa and, and Nicole, let, let's talk about Gen Z. This is the generation you're working with. I mm-hmm. love these kids. <laughs> uh, sometimes you call them something else, but no, I love these kids. <laughs> they, they and, and as you said last episode, uh, or Melissa, they're hurting. Right. They're, they're, they've lived through COVID. Uh, now they're living through, you know, tremendous uh, turmoil internationally with what's going on in Ukraine and what's going on in, in Israel. Um, um, you know, our homes are in crisis. Uh, you, you've got the the issue of sexual identity, sexual expression, um, where a lot of kids are growing up without even the innocence of childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and so when you think about all of those, why a Christian education, how does that reach this generation? This generation, I think, influenced by all the things that you just listed, but also influenced by a postmodern um, worldview that says whatever you think is truth mm-hmm. is truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all relative. There is no absolute. And that's unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't think that kids, they may say they want no rules and they want to just be able to do and think and be whatever. But when you're standing on shifting sand, that's really unsettling. So what we're coming, what we're bringing to them with Ambassador is truth. Um, we are not going to shy away from objective biblical truth, even when that's societally unpopular. Mm-hmm. And um, we think that that is going to be what steadies this really confused and anxious and depressed and lonely generation mm-hmm. of kids. Yeah. You know, Nicole, you've got a background in law, you've got a degree in theology, and and you've got a passion for education and experience in education as well. How do you see those things and other things weaving together for this generation? Why is it important that we look at it not just as well can you can you read and can you write and can you um, you know handle algebra 
What what more should education be about? Well, g- really good question. And, and at Ambassador, we're really passionate about that. And as a team, we've talked a lot about what an educational experience will be like for students at Ambassador Christian. What it will not be is just indoctrination. It will not be, while there will certainly be some stand and deliver from the mm-hmm. teacher, um, we are really passionate about teaching these kids to think critically, um, to to analyze critically, and um, we're, we'll be teaching a lot from the from my law background. I would say the Socratic method, mm-hmm. just engaging in texts, um, engaging certainly with scripture, but with other texts, so that we've got we're teaching kids, you know, how to think for themselves and mm-hmm. how to how to analyze for themselves, and not just being um, taught to and told what to think. We mm-hmm. really want kids to be able to think for themselves and not just to be taught what to think. Yeah. Well, you know, one one of the things that I hear from my Gen Z friends uh, is a fear of the future. And also, um, I don't know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. A lack of purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, the statistics show, and there's a variety of different reasons for it. And, and But kids are staying at home longer. Uh, they're not leaving the nest as soon as they do. Or um, many of them are almost paralyzed by a fear of the culture, a sense of being overwhelmed by, I mean, they refer to things like adulting. Uh, you, you know, that that adulting is hard, I hear them say. Um, and and I understand a little bit of why they're doing it and, you know, getting, coming out of COVID or so forth. But why why would a Christian education help address some of these fears, concerns, even just general characteristics of the current generation of young people? When you're saying that, something's coming to mind on our DNA statement. We have a... Um, something that just explains who we are. And one of our bullet points is that we develop godly grit. Mm. And so we're very interested in instilling virtue in the kids. And um, it is a very kind of fragile generation, and they're they're more prone to um, worry and uh, needing safe spaces and triggers. There's all these kind of things that they talk about. And we are really wanting to honor where they are mm-hmm. because they are experiencing different things than I came up in the 80s. It was a different time. I was not dealing with just social media alone, uh, the things that they're faced with. So we want to honor the difficulty of where they are. But rather than just letting them sit in that brokenness, helping develop the character traits that give them the godly grit to work through the challenges of being a teenager that you're not going to get away from, work through the challenges of Growing up in this day and age, which mm-hmm. is, that's what it is. This mm-hmm. is where you are. This is where God placed you. So godly grit is yeah. what comes to mind when you ask that question. I love that. I love, t- t- tell us, sorry, tell the audience what your mascot is. He's a lion. He's a lion. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I love that. When I saw that was what you had chosen, I, the first first thing I thought of was Aslan. Um, you know, just just that, that uh, superior um, uh, creation. Uh, that in in uh, C.S. Lewis's books represented Christ, but um, 
And, and yet, when you read Aslan, not only was he strong, but he was gentle. He, mm -hmm. Not not only was he uh, was he ferocious, but he was wise. And and that's I think what godly character is about. Um, being able to to model that. When when you see this generation, Nicole, what are some of the great influences that that you think are forming our young people? And 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 what will you add? From through ambassador uh, to help them find their way. You said this a while ago, and I thought it was so important, is, is helping them find real truth. Because today, truth has become very subjective. And, and truth is, in fact, they use the term your truth. Mm. From your perspective, is that a problematic statement? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it yes. might be. <laughs> yes, it's definitely a problematic statement. And I think it goes to what Melissa's just shared that, you know, with so many so many outside influences, whether it's social media, whether it's just the media in general, whether it's movies, whether you know the culture that we're we're living in, um, everything is does seem to them to be relative. And so we really want to just help kids be grounded in the truth. Um, a lot of kids, we are an open enrollment school, and that's one of the distinctives that we chose intentionally because we know that there are lots of students, lots of high school kids who really haven't heard the truth. They may be in church. Hmm. They may have gone to church. Uh, they may be in a church, but but they may not be hearing kind of the, the biblical truth that we want to offer. Um, we're excited because we really want to partner with with families and with churches and, and be a presence, a, a blessing to the community. Our, our thought is that Certainly, parents are the are the primary um, influences and should be in their child's education. So we're really looking forward to partnering with with parents. And some of those parents may not be um, familiar with the gospel, mm -hmm. for example. So one thing Melissa talked about too with the um, with with really an emphasis on truth that we will have. We will also we're also very passionate about the relationships um, because we know that. I mean, I, maybe you've said it. I've heard before people say, you know, rules without relationships equal rebellion. Mm -hmm. So we really, we really want to be sure that we're coming alongside the kids. And that's why we have a, a student-centered approach to our school because we want to develop really good biblical relationships. We want to have our teachers and our mentors, and our staff and our coaches um, model that. While we are an open enrollment school, all of our teachers, everybody who works at Ambassador is, is a Bible-believing Christian. Mm. And so um, I think just that, you know, just to have the opportunity for our kids to, to hear the truth and to um, see adults modeling that for them in a relationship, you know, but we're, we're not going to we're not going to stray from there being absolute biblical truth. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you said it up front. First of all, the, the fact that it is open enrollment means specifically that you do not have to be a Christian. You don't have to be a churchgoer Correct. to go um, to, to your school. So you, you have the open enrollment. At the same time, if someone who's just saying, you know, I'm disgusted by what's going on in my local public school, or I don't want this kind of a private school. I'm, I'm looking for a values-driven or um, one that's certainly not committed to uh, uh, an indoctrination or an educational philosophy that that contradicts my family's values. Um, but but so they come. 
it is a Christian school. And you right. are telling that up, them that up front. Yes. Be, because, you know, it, it's kind of like, and the, one of the things I love about Ambassador Christian that I think is way overdue is it's hard to do a high school. It's hard to do one as complex as you're doing. You're having to raise a lot of money yeah. to be able to offer the broad um, e- equivalencies that they could find in, you know, a real wealthy, prestigious, older public or private school or most public schools. But you're committed to doing that. But the Catholics did this for years and, and, it's one that, and of course, people have understood that Catholic schools have had a good reputation for developing good academics and so forth over the years. Um, but what they would do is they would have multiple elementary schools mm-hmm. and multiple dioceses, but they would have regional high schools. Mm-hmm. And and while there are some high school Christian high schools in the Charlotte metro area, when you get when you got you know over a million and a half people in a metro area, you need more than one. Right. Uh, and particularly when you have traffic the way we do, um, and also competition always improves. I'm capitalist, so th- so those things are, are are good. But this is a real opportunity for parents who are maybe homeschooling their kids when they're young and it's it's a little less complicated um, and who may be interested in, and, and I think the argument is a little overmade, but if socialization uh, in, in adolescence is a, is a factor, then this becomes another opportunity where they can come. But I also like it because it's not attached to a single church. Right. Which may be really c- crazy coming from a pastor uh, who I'm a local church guy and the three schools I've run in my past were all owned and operated by the school. But I saw the other side of that and the kids that came to church and went to school and all of their friends were there and and, and it created almost a, um, a bubble um, and, and they got sick of it, quite frankly. They, Every day I'm going to the same place and, and, and so forth. So I think there's some things that you're bringing to the table. Uh, not only on on that local level uh, to connect the body of Christ, the other local churches, but also on on the philosophical level that says, you know, come with other believers from other places that don't necessarily look like me that may go to different churches, but we all worship the same God. We believe the same word, which is the truth, and that will encourage them as well. So I'm I'm, I'm really very very excited about that. When you when you all think of the future graduate of your Christian school, what what does he or she look like? Unashamed of the gospel. Mm. That's what pops out in my mind. Confident. Bold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We use that word a lot, bold. Yeah. yeah. Pioneers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're asking of. I mean, we are stepping out in faith in a major way, mm-hmm. and that's what we're asking of the community, too. Um, there have been some financial backers who've jumped in when this was just an idea. I mean, they really put it out there. Um, and then we're asking students to, hey, come and build this. Make this yours. This will be your culture. It will be your fingerprints all over it. You'll be the first everything. You'll name stuff. You'll, I mean, mm-hmm. so we're asking that of students. We're asking that of families to, um, you know, to pioneer this thing, jump in with us and let's build this. Mm-hmm. And if we continue to get the buy-in that we're getting, even from local churches, which we were told not to expect um, a whole lot of, um cooperation mm-hmm. from from churches. We're not seeing that. We're seeing a lot of pastors very excited about it. So if we continue to get the buy-in from donors and students and parents and churches, this thing really is going to explode. Mm. And the most excellent school in the area should be a Christian one. Yes. It should. I love that. 
Yeah, and 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 I think you know as as we look to the future, I think there's an opportunity for as you, as you you all said, a confident, well-educated um humbly assured. Right. <laughs> we, we don't want cocky kids, no. but we do want you know there, there almost seems to be a um a pressure that says if you're confident that's not good. Right. And and that's a shame because if if you build confident on absolute confidence on absolutes, um, and and we believe the Bible is the absolute truth of the Word of God, um, it that provides security. It's like the difference between you, you know trying to stand on a suspension bridge you know that they have at the amusement parks, or or whether you're standing on a boulder that you know is not going to move, and that security is why they still need parents, why they still need teachers, and why they need a school that says. There's right, there's wrong, there's there's truth, there are lies. Let us help you discern how to know the uh, you know a fallacy uh, from a truth and 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 so forth. So when you when you think, you know, a lot of times in education we think about the students, but in today a lot of parents need support. A lot of parents need that. What do you provide for parents in Christian education? Well, I think Nicole addressed it earlier when, when we call it a partnership, because there are parents who are finding that their value system is being undermined in the public school system. And so we are wanting to be support to what they're mm -hmm. doing. I mean, they're, like I said, uh, I think in the first podcast, uh, so much of a student's day is spent within the walls of a school. And actually, if you you know, tally it up more than within the walls of the home. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if you've got a school that's working against what you're trying to do at home, it's really frustrating and counterproductive. So partnership. Yeah. And just to add on to that, too, at one of our interest, both of our interest meetings that we've had so far, we had our a group on our staff meet with the prospective students while we met with prospective parents. And one of the things that I love that they did is that team, our leadership team, asked the students, you know, if you could have a high school, if you could build a high school, what would be included? We can't promise that you could have it, but what would it look like? And so we want to do that with the same with the parents. I mean, we, we have our, you know, standards of what we're building, but at the same time, we want to be partners with parents. And so we want to have really open communication with them um, to see what, what, they, what are they seeing at home? You know, where the kids dealing with outside the school walls that we can partner with them. As Melissa said, they'll be in our school walls longer maybe than they are at home with their parents. And so we really want to have a good relationship with the parents because we know they're the primary um, folks who are responsible for their kids' education. So that communication is important to us. Yeah. And in and, and my opinion, that issue right there is sufficient reason for me, even if I were not a, you know, ardent Christian or pastor or whatever, knowing that I can send my kids to a school where the administration of that school views me as integral to the success of their student. So much of what we're seeing in American public education right now is that there's an adversarial relationship between the school which is funded by the tax dollars of the parents and the parents that they're supposed to be serving. And 
And in local parentis is a legal term, which means that in the place of the parents, in other words, the parents place and entrust the child to the school, but they did not give the child the school. It's not the government's child. It's not the school's child. It is always the parent's child. And so when you invite input from parents, when you tell them up front, this is who we are, we're not going to hide things from you. This is, this is what we believe. This is what we teach. We invite you to participate. We'll tell you up front what we are, but we're not going to hide things from you. That shows respect to parents. And you know, parents want that. Right. They want to be respected. They want, they want to know that when they hand their kids off to you for a certain period of time, that they can trust you to act in their stead in a way that doesn't undermine them, doesn't contradict them. Yeah. but is who you promised the parent that you would be. And so I think that's so vital today. I think it's one of the reasons why why we saw a massive change in the governorship in Virginia when parents got outraged. And and now this this, this movement where it is illegal in the state of, of California if your kid is having trouble with gender dysphoria and are starting to make physical moves and directions and psychological reinforcement of this dysphoria that they're not even allowed to tell the parents as if the parents are automatically assumed to be an enemy of that. Mm -hmm. Dangerous, dangerous things. Mm -hmm. If for no other reason would I pull my kids out of public school, that is sufficient. That is absolutely sufficient. And, you know, it, it's not necessarily in our local community yet. But parents have to be asking these questions. So the partnership that you all are speaking of, this this uh, partnership between our spiritual life, our home life, and our educational life is so exciting. And I just want to say to you all again, um, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast is because I think all of us who are following Christ in a culture that is difficult to follow Christ in anymore um, need to be saying, God, what is my role in being salt? What is my role in being light? What is my role in being an ambassador of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And you all are living it. Ambassador Christian School, located on Highway 73, just east of Old Statesville Road. Is it Old State? It's Statesville Road. Um, past the railroad tracks uh, on the campus that used to be New Birth years ago. Correct. And uh, all kinds of good uh, construction, homes being built all over the place. Prime location. And let me just say, Honestly, if you've got a kid who's approaching high school age, if you've got a rising 9th, 10th, or 11th grader, you owe it to yourself to go to ambassadorchristian.net, look it up, schedule an interview when it's kind of, they're going to open in the fall of 24, and find out what they may offer that will allow you to drop your kids off in the morning and know that when you pick them up that afternoon, they're going to be a little more committed to truth a little more knowledgeable about the things that are eternal and that they're going to be led by loving teachers who love God, love their students, and love your family. As always, thank you so much for listening to us at Life Talks. I hope that you'll share us with your friends and neighbors. Maybe you know somebody who's got kids this age and you say, hey, have you heard about the new Christian school that's starting up in the, in the Lake Norman area? Send them a link, if you would, to these two podcasts, this one and the one that was launched earlier this week. And again, as always, thank you so much for listening to us at Life Talks. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. 
Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.